Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, I am the Philosophical Angle, and I'm the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics. And I'm your host, Chris Angle, and if you'd like to make comments, inquire, or make suggestions, feel free to give us an email at contact at thephilosophicalangle.com. The purpose of the Philosophical Angle is to examine the nature of concepts being used in current media, and secondarily, to use those definitions to understand the righteousness and ethical superiority of the conservative position. So this week... We're going to talk about American exceptionalism. And it's kind of in the news because of all the talk about immigration. Everybody wants to come here. We see polls. Uh, I saw one the other day saying that about 40 or 45 million people in, from Central America want to come here. Well, why? And why do they want to come here? Why, did, why for the last 400 years have people wanted to come here to the United States? Well, it's because of the American exceptionalism. And so why is a U.S. exceptional? What makes it particularly great? And I'm going to offer us a, a suggestion that it has to do with the U.S. Constitution. In the United States of America, there's a, a primary contract known as the Constitution with the addendums known as the Bill of Rights. And there's going to be a connection of this and why uh, America is exceptional. So let's uh, let's first start with the U.S. Constitution. It's a contract, and it and as such, it holds the rights and obligations of the parties involved, the people, and the government. And in a contract, each has its obligation and its rights, as delineated within the passages. Uh, uh, and explanations of any agreement, and in this case, it's the U.S. Constitution. The foundation for American exceptionalism is found here within this contract. And the Constitution was founded on the principles within the Declaration of Independence, which comes straight out of John Locke's writings, uh, which note man's freedom to enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so in order to enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we need the ingredients of the philosophical angles, economic dictum, with its corollaries, which would be supported by the rights and obligations noted in the U.S. Constitution. So I guess you're probably all wondering, what is this philosophical angles, economic dictum, and corollaries? Well... <clears throat> The first dictum of economics is that life seeks continuously that which is good for it, and it is never-ending. Life always wants that which is good for it, and it continually seeks such goodness. And that is the first dictum of not only economics, but of peace. So... To that, we've got several corollaries, and the first one is freedom. Freedom is the construction of priorities and then the effectuation of those priorities. 
a priority is something that you attach to a piece of information that comes into your consciousness. So when something, and there's two, two types of stimuli that come to our consciousness. First is that which is interior originating within us and, uh, and those without, outside of our, our, our body, those outside into our, from our environment that come into our consciousness and strike our, our consciousness. And, and that information, when we attach an importance to it, when we feel that something is important, we attach a priority to it and it becomes a piece of knowledge. And thus we, if it's important, we pack that away in our memory uh, for use uh, in, uh, in the future. And then we take those priorities and we effectuate them. So for example, we've got uh, a priority, we're sitting around, we get up in the morning and uh, the pangs of hunger uh, from in, internal stimuli come to our consciousness and says, hey, my gosh, you're, uh, you're hungry. And that, and we attach an importance to that. And as time goes by, that priority is uplifted and becomes more and more important. And finally, we do something about it, and we effectuate uh, that priority of of satisfying our hunger by going down and getting some food. Uh, we go down to the grocery store and pick up some food, bring it back, cook it, eat it, satisfying our priority. So, what in the Constitution? with this first dictum and this first corollary have anything to do um, uh, with this subject matter. So, so in the first victim, dictum, uh, we find that amendments 5, 9, and 10 are relevant. Let's, let's review. It says here in uh, the amendment 5, um, <clears throat> no person shall be compelled in any criminal case or be a witness again, nor shall be deprived of life, liberty, and property without due process of law. So we're allowed to seek our goodness as per the Fifth Amendment. Amendment number five, or number nine. So nine is the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So the people want to retain the right for them to pursue that which is good for them. And the Constitution upholds this in Amendment Number 9. Finally, in Amendment Number 10, the powers not delegated to the Constitution, to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited to it by the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So again, the people reserve the right to be able to, in general, seek goodness for themselves. So in corollary one, in the effectuation of, the free, of, of, of our priorities, which is the nature of freedom, we have amendments 4, 14, 15, and 19. 15 and 19 are really the same thing. So, effectu uh, so 14, all, all persons... Shall, uh, shall not be deprived of life, liberty, and property without due process of law. Again, protecting our life, liberty, and property. Also in 15 and 16, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, uh, previous condition of servitude, or sex. So, 
Uh, and why is that important? Because voting for your for the proper person who upholds your ideology, which upholds your right to uh, go about and seek that which is good for yourself in the United States is important uh, and helps uh, with uh, the attainment of goodness and of and the perpetu uh, and the uh, continuation of freedom. So once we now now that we know what freedom is, which is the construction of priorities, and then the effectuation of your priorities, which is our which is our, our pieces of knowledge, the effectuation of a priority is our sacrifice that we make in order to receive a reward. So in the case of our getting up and seeking breakfast, uh, we make a sacrifice of uh, of going down to get uh, some food. And bring it back and cooking and the reward is the breakfast so that brings us to corollary number two we sacrifice our time our effort our material and we use our information and knowledge within an atmosphere of risk to achieve a reward and uh, our reward is of course that breakfast and we used our time to get down there our effort uh, to get down there the the material such as our car and uh, we, we use the information and knowledge, such as how to get there, uh, and it's risky to go there, in order to consummate the, uh, uh, our transaction here, which is our reward. And we can make an equation of this. Um, uh, a sacrifice, which is these ingredients of which we just mentioned, of risk and information and time and effort and material, uh, to equal a reward. And once freedom is established, that is, once the priorities are established, then motivation appears. That is, uh, why should we go ahead and do it? And that brings us to corollary number three. And corollary number three says, motivation is the comparative relationship between that sacrifice and the reward. In other words, if the sacrifice is doesn't take so much effort and material and time and, and uh, uh, is easy to do, and the reward is great, then your motivation is is great also. So it's the comparative relationship in this, our ratio of our equation here. And the, if we look to the U.S. Constitution, we find that Amendments 4, 5, and 7 support this corollary. So Amendment 4, 5, and 7, so 4 is the right of the people to to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable search and seizures. <clears throat> and that's obvious how that helps uh, because if you uh, make a sacrifice and you achieve a reward, you want to be secure in being able to keep your reward uh, and be secure in, uh, in, in the effects against unreasonable uh, searches and seizures. In other words, somebody coming along like the government or whatever to take it away. Also, Amendment 5. Amendment 5, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime, uh, nor shall be deprived of life, liberty, and property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just comp compensation. So we've 
we've got the motivation and we want to achieve that reward and so that amendment protects us from from having it taken away from us so private property rights are essentially uh, noted in the u.s constitution and that's the last one amendment seven excessive pale shall not be required nor excessive fines imposed nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted so if you if you if you try something and you try to get a reward and it it uh, uh, it shall not be uh, uh, no, nor excessive fines shall be imposed or or punishments inflicted upon you're trying to do unusual punishments inflicted if you if it goes uh, uh, awry a little bit So one way to achieve a reward efficiently is to sometimes join up with others in a cooperative manner to achieve a reward. Manufacturing is almost entirely a cooperative venture of people sacrificing their time, effort, and uh, use their knowledge to achieve rewards. So in order really to achieve much of our rewards, we have to cooperate with other people uh, to bring about a, a service or a product. And so that requires cooperation, and let's define cooperative behavior, which is the sacrifices that individuals make in order to achieve a reward for each participant, and each participant has the additional knowledge that, that each participant will have greater efficient goodness together as a group than if they are alone. So obviously when uh, when individual members of a society band together as a cooperative to produce something, a good or a service, uh, they do so in realizing that the cooperative group comes to get, uh, together more efficiently than if individual participants were to struggle to make the same product individually alone. So we know that uh, uh, as a group, often through cooperation, we can be more efficient together. And in order for us to cooperate, we need Amendment 1. And we need that, which is, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging freedom of speech. And we need the, the right of uh, the people to freely communicate with each other, because in order to uh, establish cooperation, we need to be able to communicate in order to come together uh, to cooperatively use our time and effort and material to seek a reward. So in essence, so and, and so in essence, when the participants realize that as a group they can produce more goodness than they could individually, then this extra goodness accrues to the individuals themselves. The individuals decide to, to cooperate together because there is an incentive to do so, which is the extra goodness that they'll get from cooperating with each other. And in order to produce cooperative behavior, which is the knowledge that working together with other people will result in the greater ability to produce goods and services, which are good and which allows us to live better, we consider others with whom we cooperate important uh, and they're important uh, for us in order to make uh, such uh, instruments of cooperation such as agreements, covenants, 
contracts and 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 these enable us to come together and cooperate more efficiently and that is protected in the US Constitution by article 1 section 1 let's see what that is so in article 1 section 1 it says no state shall enter in any treaty alliance or confederation and shall not pass any uh, uh, bill of attainder ex post facto law or law impairing the obligation of contracts and there you have it so obligation of contracts are protected in the Constitution and allows us to be able to cooperate with each other in order to make more efficiently goods and services and so when this is all rolled together in the free market which is our which is our our, our dictum plus its corollaries these are all protected in the US Constitution and it is better it's done better than any other place in the world and so that's why we have American exceptionalism and people want to come here from all over the globe join us again for the philosophical angle remember if you want to uh, join in us and make comment give us a contact give us a, a shout on the email thanks for joining us thank you for joining us on the philosophical angle podcast be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment